Thank you so much for returning to Debate Amongst Friends. Uh, as we have been doing in the last couple of episodes, we like to pay our respects and tributes to those we've lost over the last week. Uh, this week, we lost former wide receiver of the Patriots and Chargers, Donald Riche Caldwell. And we also lost three-time All-Pro cornerback Ken Riley of Bengals greatness at the age of 72. And at this time, as usual, we would like to give a 10-second moment of silence to pay tribute and to pay our respect. Thank you. We are not sports sensor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Debate Amongst Friends. I am the Professor John Guy. My co-host over here is Doc Leesner, the podcasting beast, and we're ready to provide you with another fun edition of sports news, analysis, and the reads. Roger, 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 Roger. What are you doing, Doc? This is possibly a PR storm that's a brewing in the National Football League. Honestly, I feel like it's it was damned if he did, damned if he didn't, because it wouldn't matter what he said via letter, what he said in his interview. The bottom the bottom line was that he was wrong. He was wrong, exactly. And folks, we're talking about the statement put out uh, last week from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell in support of the current protest that's happening out in the world, um, as well as recognizing how the NFL was wrong uh, when it came to players protesting peacefully, mm-hmm, mind you, mm-hmm. uh, taking the knee and is basically offering their support. Now, right. this created, I don't want to use the word firestorm because like it started off with that and then it just, it just waterfall from there. It um, really it, did. It did. And the problem was, you know, I think. You know, the old adage, you know, think before you speak kind of comes to mind with a lot of the things that were happening. Um, And it really went back to Colin Kaepernick, of course, starting to, you know, starting the movement um, and why he was kneeling. And a lot of people to this day, to this day, they really, really don't get it. Um, I think people think it's still about the. Somehow it became about the military, and it became about the flag, and there's and, a reason why it turned into that. And well, we're not going to get political about that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. But it, it's like when we were younger, and I think we talked about this over the last several years. Every time we talk about Cap Watch, you know, when we were younger, you know, we didn't stand up and salute the flag because we. You know, we loved America. We we stand up and salute the flag because we that's told. what we were told to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, if there's an injustice, and in this good, good, great country, we get the freedom of speech. Hence, why we have this platform that we have here. We can say whatever we want. Oh, the um, friends, right here. That's right. Week on Anchor, and exactly. Podcast uh, platforms as well. Freedom of speech. We can do all of that. Um, so when Colin Kaepernick first took the knee, I mean, he even said it. Hey, I mean, it was very clear, very, very clear. And in fact, it was a military person who told him to do it. I know. And for those who still don't understand how it all started, he actually sat. He did sit. And, and after they found he had a chance, and it, I mean, and he had a chance to consult with a member of the military. Mm-hmm. And that military member gave Kaepernick the idea that instead of sitting, which is disrespectful, mm-hmm. he said, take a knee instead, which would be respectful. Not only respectful, but it symbolizes that you're uh, paying respect to someone who has fallen. Just like exactly. when you're, 
in the NFL, when someone gets hurt, everybody takes a knee. That's exactly. just how it's always been. But so, for the life know. of us, people just took just that image and just yeah. took it as, well, that's not patriotic. And right. it just rolled from there. And it. And was I think ridiculous. I told you, I think I not only told you that, but I think it was the fact that, you know, it's not like people stop what they're doing when that, that, you know, the Star Spangled Banner goes off and the flag mm-hmm. is being thrown. Like, I think we had a video, uh, I mean, I think it was about a year or two ago now, but where in Baltimore, you know, during the Star Spangled Banner, people are out getting their hot dogs. Yeah, you know, they're, they're in the Concord. Yeah, they're in the Concord. They're not even thinking about it. So the fact that the hypocritical point of it was here's a guy who is out there, you know, protesting something that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And people are out there getting beer and hot dogs during something that later on they're going to say is patriotic. I mean, Doc, I mean, would it be safe to make the assumption that there's just a lot of hypocrisy? Hypocrisy, <laughs> at, 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 <laughs> I mean, my goodness. So so Roger, Roger Goodell gets on here and he starts talking about all this stuff. And, yes. you know, he... he I don't. It's just the fact that he said he was. They were wrong, you know, in trying to, you know, appease everyone, uh, and not really seeing the big issue. But that, I think that's a representation of society, like the society who doesn't, like, hey, listen, we're getting killed here, and because it doesn't happen, you know, quote unquote, to a certain group of people, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Um, and it was crazy because I seen a, um, one of those caricature cartoon papers and it was like a person was saying something was happened to them. So it was like, you know, black lives matter. And then he said, all lives matter, you know, um, no means no, all words matter. So it was kind of like debunking everything like, oh, all, you know, save the animals, especially me <laughs> you know what yeah. i'm saying like it it was like it was really really crazy but that's kind of how it is it's like people are always you know looking to challenge something that they don't understand because it doesn't happen to them yep but it's like if something does happen to them then they want everybody to be on their side exactly and yeah, that doesn't exactly. work that way it doesn't work that way so i don't have a problem with what roger said i thought there's nothing else he could say all he could do is say, listen, as a commissioner, all I could do is support the movement. I'm going to give the money. I'm going to give teams the ability to do whatever they have to do. I so on and so forth. agree, but I'll add one little caveat to it. If he mentioned the caveat. Kaepernick, if he mentioned Kaepernick in that statement. <sighs> so because, he because, probably, because he probably can't, though. He probably is, can't. That is he probably the can't, though. He can't, he, he can't, though. Uh, and and I agree. He, I know he can't. Yeah. Just the way, just I mean, but I, mean, I, feel, way, I feel like that probably would have helped it a little bit. But what would he have said? I mean, just say, I mean, you know, Colin, you know, getting away from K Vabe, you know, Colin, you know, just want to no tell K-Fabe. you that I'm there's no K Vabe. I know, I know, you know, I'm sorry we didn't understand uh, what you were protesting about. But, you know, our eyes are now open and, you know, we just want to say we, we understand now. He can't like, say, like just like, like he that. can't, just like he can't say probably the NFL, you know, is doing this to him and whatnot because of the legal thing. They, they, they uh, well, cannot use his name. No, no. So, so he can't say, you know, I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick, yeah. for, right. for you know blackballing you out of the league. Like that's never going to come out of his mouth. I mean, he says as current events dra- dramatically underscore, there remains much more to do as a community, a country, and as a league. I mean, these tragedies inform the NFL's commitment to our ongoing efforts. There remains an urgent need for action. We recognize the power of our platform mm-hmm. in communities and as part of the fabric of American society. We embrace that responsibility and are committed to continuing the important work to address these systematic issues together with our players, clubs, and partners. That's the he probably didn't even write this, but that's the no, best way for him to say we messed up. 
I can't say Ka- I can't say Kaepernick. You know, not at you know, all. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna admit to collusion because I, he probably he might not have anything to do with this. It might just be those power the powers that be. You know, the you, Jerry you can, Joneses you say, of the world. You could say the owners. Yeah, the Jerry Joneses. And not, no, I can't. I'm not gonna say all the owners. It's probably the Jerry Joneses. You know, um, some of the people who have long tenure um, as owners. There's not every owner has been around that long. Um, there's been a lot of deaths and everything. So I just know that, you know, it's, I just know that he couldn't say anything else. Um, and, and I, I do think that I, I do wish that other people wouldn't have said things. Oh, oh, okay. Let's start. Let's start that line. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. So right now, now we unfortunately have to get on Drew Brees. Drew, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> who, who literally, uh, he, I mean, he probably almost got ran out of Louisiana. He, we might actually see the last year of Drew Brees in the league. Like, I'm yeah, not I even trying to say that as a joke. Like, we legitly might actually see the last year of Drew Brees in the NFL as a quarterback. But, and I understood, you know, why everybody was getting on him and, players you know i mean lebron came out immediately he's like are you serious like we're talking about this four years later uh, several african-american deaths later and you still, you still don't get it yes it was completely <laughs> tone deaf like you need to open your eyes and um his teammate his teammate michael thomas i mean malcolm he's Jenkins, on, more so no i think i think michael he said drew you need to shut the f up <laughs> and I was like, you know, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, that's Malcolm Jenkins. He's gonna, he's a spokesman in multiple different organizations. So yes. I would expect somebody like him. But for Michael Thomas, a young player, to come up and say, "You need to shut up." Yep. And and focus on yourself because you're about to lose a lot of people in the city of New, yeah. in New Orleans. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he already has. I mean, of, um, you know, of course, he uh, immediately apologized, I believe, the next day. Yeah, it was the next day. You know, but that was like after he just, he got drugged through the mud. <laughs> well, yeah, because you are using your platform after everybody's just saying they're going to use their platform to try and go change the, uh, the culture and society. It's like, mm-hmm. bro, here you are now using your using your power and your you know your your position as an elite quarterback yeah and you're still not understanding what's going no and, and just no one hard to understand too no one is disrespecting the military no one you know and not i even as somebody like myself flag even as somebody like myself it's like i have people in my family and i never thought about him disrespecting um, I understood it from for what it is. It's like, you know, when people do like hunger strikes or something, you knew like, hey, they're not eating for a specific cause. Yes. They're not disrespecting. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that wouldn't make any sense. Like, they're literally doing a hunger strike for whatever it is. Um, and I think there was one player <laughs> who was um, who was asked about it. I cannot remember the player who it was, but um, his. Shoot. Well, I didn't even tell you what. It is. I, well, I think he plays for the Bears now. Uh, let me see, Chicago Bears. If defensive line, it was um, defensive lineman. Uh, he said, um, "It it doesn't matter." He said, "Why don't you?" He's like, "Why didn't you?" Oh, Colin Kaepernick still being unsigned, and he said. We Carlos signed. Hyde. No, no, no. It wasn't. I, well, it might have been Carlos Hyde. I, I, Carlos Hyde's a running back, but I didn't. Um, but he said we signed Mike Glennon. <laughs> that was his exact exact uh, words. Uh, he said we signed Mike Glennon. So, oh, sorry. I apologize. Defensive end Akeem Hicks. It was Akeem Hicks. That's exactly what it was. He said, uh, you know, you can tell it's ridiculous because we signed Mike Glennon and Callan Kaepernick is better than Mike Glennon um, by far. Um, but there are things that are coming out of this. 
Um, obviously, you know, certain things that have never really happened before are coming to play here, um, including Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand yeah, uh, pledging $100 million. That was huge. Michael never really does anything like this. No. And we talked about that um, yeah. last week, actually. Yeah, Michael never really does anything like that. Um, but the other thing that really uh, – one of the top recruits here, Mike, Mikey Williams, mm-hmm. um, actually talked about, hey, you know, people don't really understand um, things about power. He said, understand the power of change. And he's like, it might be something for us top recruits. Because we're not getting paid for this. We might have to uplift our own people. So HBCU, which would shift the power huge. Yeah. Um, that would be huge. A huge shift of power in college basketball and colleges around the world. College decided to do that. Um, it's just when you're playing with people, when you're playing with money, because that's the, dis- the discrepancy. Yep. Power schools and an HBCU. We're talking about money. Uh, Let me tell you the most ironic part about that. Like, let's say if he did that and that began a movement of a lot of uh, African American athletes going to uh, uh, historically black uh, colleges. Imagine this that happens. Now, all of a sudden, the NCAA is like, yeah, we're going to pay the uh, the athletes to go to these, you know, power schools now. Come on, guys. Come on back. I mean, they would have to pay them for whatever school they go to. Yeah, but, the, the, but they'll probably start off with the big schools first. Are they going to lose out? Yeah. They're going to lose out. I mean, and that, but, this, but that's a part of the the – struggle like sometimes you would have to sacrifice that mm-hmm. for the greater good i mean that's a part of power i mean and, and that's a part of of making a difference yeah it's a part of the difference if all the like listen if all you know decided hey i'm going to go to a historically black college for the next four years or whatever year you know whatever years they, they decide to do that then Because they're the best. Mm-hmm. They're the they're the they're the people that teams are gonna want to see, you know. So they're the ones that's gonna be on ESPN now, and those are the guys that are gonna take their teams to the tournament, you know. Yep. So I would be interested to see it, um, but I also, you know, other people speaking out, engaging in walks. Um, I did see that Von Miller penned a letter to the Time, um, you know, stating just a quote. Uh, this time, many protesters are not black. Uh, this time, the entire country is enraged. This time, the entire world has taken notice. Mm-hmm. We have really begun to talk with each other, not just at each other. Um, and this says right here, we can find the strength to come together as a people and fight for healing and change. And together, we can enjoy the sunshine of our American ideals, which is awesome. Um, it shies away from you know, the old adage from a year or two ago when, you know, athletes were supposed to just shut up and dribble or, you know, shut up and catch a football, you know, which is uh, something that's mm, a whole nother story. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a huge. Uh, but did you see, yeah, where she said, you know, shut up and dribble to LeBron, but with Drew Brees, it was, you know, he, he has a right to his opinion. Hashtag hypocrisy. Exactly. So, um, but you know, that's, that's, uh, what we're going through here. Um, as we return to sports, hopefully the platforms will be used. We'll see positive change. And we just hope that you all continue to keep us lifted in your prayers as country as we go through this tough time. Um, but with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with some more debate amongst friends.
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Debate Amongst Friends. And our continued coverage last week, we started The Last Dance. That's right, Michael Jordan's docuseries. Um, and we had a good time discussing episode one. Now we're going to move on to episode two, which I entitled Scotty. Yeah. Uh, this episode was definitely, well, I guess you could say the beginning and the end was geared towards Scotty. Well, and this is what I told this is what I was telling you last week, the way yeah. they, the way they cut this and the way they do it, it's going to follow this trend. Even though it's about Michael Jordan, they did a really, really good job, you know, hitting the, um, the role players. So it's like each game or each, each game, each Scotty episode. Pippen's a role player? On the Bulls, the player. I mean, it's very unfortunate, but dang. Although I will say the impact of him, and you know, we're talking about the episode, of course, folks. And make sure you check it out. Actually, um, yeah, it's, it's actually a really good, good series. Uh, once again, I'm just watching it each episode per week. I'm not binging. Um, but the way his his absence uh, at the start of that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you kind of felt it like you didn't realize like how important he was to the team's dynamic until he wasn't there anymore. But it also created, you know, a new gear for Michael to not only push himself but also push you know his team. Right. I mean, let's go back a little bit here. You know, he he obviously um, they actually they obviously went over him. You know, growing up, you know, yep. going through the story of his family and everything, his dad, his brother being paralyzed earlier in his life, mm-hmm. you know, his, his growth spurt. Um, what did you think, you know, after Scotty was drafted, or right even right before Scotty was drafted, you know, really, really hard worker. Um, he was somebody that was, you know, I guess <sighs> – Krauss was really enthused about this guy. Yes. Uh, he really wanted Scotty. Really, uh, really bad. Really, really bad. Uh, so, of, of course, the irony of the ending of that relationship, but you know, right. heading so, into the so, league, like he really, really wanted I don't remember what was the deal that got him from, I believe he got drafted by the Supersonics, right? That's correct. So the Supersonics drafted him. He, he uh, fifth overall yeah. out of Central Arkansas. Um, obviously, he grew to be six eight, two hundred some odd pounds. Really exciting. Um, I guess my my first question to you was: um, Do you think? And this is probably why you questioned me saying role player. Do you think Scotty was the first person to join the Bulls that actually worked almost as hard as Michael Jordan did? See, that's that by itself is a loaded question because it's like think about it's episode one. Yeah. And, and how all the teammates were, you know, doing drugs and all this other stuff. That's why I'm asking this question. Was Scotty the first person to come in and really and, 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 and here's and here's why it's hard to make that correlation because at the start of his career, of course, people want to talk about you know, the whole Pippin and whether or not he's like one of the 50th greatest players of all time and all that trash, mm. you know, he didn't play that much at the start of his career. Mm-hmm. Like many rookies, unless, you know, your team is so bad, you know, you really need to do something. Um, I want to say, wasn't that the the year that he got drafted? Uh, that prior basketball season was the season that Michael got hurt. Right. Which, it goes on later on, um, which, like I said, the way they structured the episode, it was kind of perfect. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to but, that. but to answer your question, though, um, I don't think he was a role player. I think he did work really, really hard. Um, well, that's my que- that was my question. I, I was saying, was he the first teammate to work as hard as Jordan? I think he's the first teammate that – publicly wise got recognition for working around that same level as Jordan. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause I guess you're, you're saying, cause I mean, in, so later on, if we do go forward, I mean, when he was out and then before he got there, it was like, 
Jordan was looking for somebody to step up and help, but there was never anybody there. Yeah, but I think that one's more stretching it. Like, you, you just lost your number two scorer, you know, who's also, you know, your best defender as well. Not to mention they also uh, traded Charles Oakley as well. But that was in the next season. That was the next season. I thought that was the same season. No, that, that was, was the prior season. You're right. It was the prior season. To, yeah, to get Bill uh, Cartwright. Yes. When they drafted, when they drafted Pippen and, and got Grant. Yeah, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Um, but I mean, you see that all the time, though. Like, you know, sometimes no one, not a lot of people really want to step up, you know, into that spotlight, you know. And if you spend, you know, let's say two years in that team and you never actually had to do that, like, it just doesn't happen in a snap. Like, you kind of have to just find it within yourself to just do that. Um, and you know, you're basically still just going through the same paces. I mean, and while it was great that they was able to capture that one moment with Jordan, you know, in the, uh, triple threat position, looking for someone and then putting his hands down and disgust because no one's open. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like they only just isolated just that one little clip there. Like, you know, what was the stat line for everyone else? Like did anyone else score double figures? Like, like, like you can't, you can't just take that one particular moment and try to say, well, no one really wanted to try to do it. Cause otherwise, I mean, yeah, Jordan may have scored 49 that game, but I mean, what was the final score again? <laughs> it was 111, 102. I, and it does so. Luke Longley had 22 points. Exactly. Uh, Rob, Robin had 10 and uh, Kukoc had 14. Um, and, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I definitely understand what you're saying. And, again, the way the documentary is broken down, it does go back and forth. So during that time, Pippen was there. But when he played the Celtics later on, obviously Pippen hadn't been drafted yet. Yes. Um, but, I mean, what did you think about him saying coming in and saying that he was going to be better than Michael Jordan? You should always try to be better. Why not? Michael, why not? Michael, why not? Michael Jordan. Why not try to push yourself to become better than the best player on the team? Isn't that what Jordan pretty much did? He he got into college. He said, "I want to be the best player in college." He said that the first episode. And I would say that that's probably why he was such a great defender. Yes, Michael every day, every day in practice, uh, which makes sense. Um, now, the one part that didn't make sense was his pay. Yeah. And that goes back to the whole, you know, having the right people around you to help you make the best financial decisions, honestly. Yeah. Um, seven, seven year, $18 million. Dollars, yep. Which is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would take it. You know, as a regular person, I would take it easy. And during that time, you know, coming from Arkansas, you know, you got all these brothers and sisters. Ex exactly. Which goes back to the whole, you know, you just didn't have the right people around you to help you out with right. that. Yeah, but I think a four-year deal, three-year deal, I think he would be yeah. good. But I understand. So he went with the financial security. So as his deal is coming down, you know, we get the, the word that, you know, he has a injury um, and he's having issues with the general manager who's publicly just coming out and just putting his foot all the way in his mouth, down his throat. I mean, he just continues to self-sabotage the team by just speaking out of line. Yep. Um, so he undergoes surgery in the beginning of the season rather than doing it at the end um, or in the middle of the season. I couldn't really understand how he did it, but he underwent surgery to repair a ruptured tendon in his foot. And he missed, and that's where the struggles came along. That's when we saw the Bulls and Clippers, and you saw Michael just digging in to Ron Harper and other guys. Um, and this is kind of when it kind of bounced back and forth between, you know, past and like it's like past without Pippen and then present without Pippen. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so the way they kind of narrated it was kind of perfect. So it kind of started. You know, Pippen's there, but he's not there. Yes. So then it goes back to where before Pippen was drafted. And that's when we get the Jordan injury that you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. 
What did you think about Jordan returning to college to rehab? Uh, you would love to rehab in the area that you're most comfortable with. I don't blame them. And going and really disobeying the rules, you know, doing his own schedule, playing one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, and then switching to five-on-five. I thought it was pretty um, gutsy. Yes. Uh, definitely, definitely gutsy. Um, kind of similar to me, maybe Michael stretched, you know, before all of these games. Oh, you did not just go there. I did. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. So, yeah, he probably stretched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna go there, uh, he he stretched quite a bit actually. In fact, I'm pretty sure he stretched before every single game. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, in regards to like his rehab and you know going against orders because the next thing that they talked about during this episode was after he came back from injury and essentially they put him on a um, time restriction. Like 14 minutes a game, seven minutes per half. That's so crazy. And not only did he only play 14 minutes a game, it's 48 minutes. Folks. <laughs> it's 48. <laughs> and he had to play 14 of them things. And he had to play 14. And mm-hmm. they were still knocking on the door in the playoffs. And they talked right. about the uh, game against the Pacers. Right. Where he really wanted to get back in the game. We're um, talking about 14 seconds. 14 seconds, which, of course, in hindsight, you know, 14 yeah. seconds at the end of the game turned into like two minutes because of, you know, massive timeouts and things like right. that. But I don't think it was that much. It was like that back then as it is now, though. Right. And he said, if you play him more than, more than 14 minutes. A second over 14 minutes, you are fired. And that's unbelievable because he wound up firing him anyway. And that began that divide. Yeah. And at that point, I thought Michael probably should have flexed his power a little bit more to get him out. But at that time, you know, here's a guy that the owner really trusts. And, mm-hmm. you know, he... He brings in this guy. He's building a winning team. You know, you draft Michael. You know, you you make a few moves, um, and here you are, battling for a playoff spot. Um, but I like the way it transitioned from the broken foot. You know, Jordan working out in North Carolina, coming back, and going now making the playoffs. Yep, and having to go again. That Celtics team. And and people really underestimate those Celtics teams. Like now, that Celtics team was, <laughs> I mean, something super special. It was the culmination of what 80s basketball was. And people oh. really don't understand how good that team was. Oh man. Like, like yes, wow. yes, the Bulls of the 90s, that was that team. Yes, Showtime, you know, Lakers, that was that team. But people keep overlooking the Celtics. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing, amazing, amazing series. Yes. Um, Even though the Bulls lost, you know, they got, I guess they got swept. I yeah, guess. they got swept. But even though they lost, you know, 3-0, um, I mean, Michael didn't go out without a swing. No, you know what he, I mean? he, like, he definitely threw his best shots. He really did. He put them to the ring. Now, I purposely, uh, not purposely, I uh, really, really enjoyed the golf outing. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. But when you think about it, and I believe actually I read the article made by the writer who was actually there at the golf club as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he when I saw his name, I was like, wait, I remember reading about that. Um, I want to say around the time of Jordan's first retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I did like a quick article in grammar school uh, about uh-huh. Jordan. So that, that's how I'm like, if you if you knew where to look, like you could find a lot of this information, folks. Like it was there. Um, right. but it just showed that you know, killer mentality, you know, now we call it mamba mentality, uh, mm-hmm. that Jordan had. Like he wants to win. 
everything he does. And he got, he got, you know, put through the ringer in the golf course. (laughs) Yeah. Against Danny Uh, Ainge. And then he told Danny, tell your boy DJ, DJ. I got something for him tomorrow Mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. And DJ was on life support after three quarters with four files. Mm -hmm. So he had to sit and everyone was trying to, you cannot stop Jordan when he's in that mode. You can only hope to contain the storm. You know, people make the same thing, say the same thing about Kobe. True. Like you cannot stop him. You can only try to contain the storm. Try to stop the bleeding as much as possible. It's going to still bleed, but if it's going to be a little drip or it's going to be a free-flowing stream, that is your option. (laughs) No, indeed. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to you seeing the rest of it. But uh, the one thing I will say, obviously, game one, he dropped 49. And Mm -hmm. then post-golf with Ainge, he scored 63. That was game two. Yeah, game two. That's a game one. He scored forty nine, and then after golf yes. with Ainge in overtime, he scores sixty three. Yep. And then of course the next time I think he scored like eighteen or twenty or something lower. But um, I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, they're right there. They made the playoffs. You know, it's kind of like that situation where it's like you keep building and you keep building, and you kind of hope and look at teams today. You know, like the Nets, you know, um, the Raptors. Remember all those years the Raptors made it to the first round and they mm-hmm. would get, you know, go go up against LeBron and they would get beat. And then they go ahead and win the championship last year. It kind of made sense. But it's like the Bulls, here they are. They're in the playoffs. They snuck yep. in there and they get swept. But then the next year they go out and say, you know what, we're going to we're going to try to we're going to try to do this. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're going to try to come out here. And we're going to compete. They draft Pippen. Then they make the move. So, you know, so let's get, get Oakley out of here. Let's pick up Horace Grant. We're going to yep. build this team. Uh, we're going to build this around Jordan. But Michael, he's already looking at, at Krauss funny at this point. Well, he started looking so at Krauss funny after the injury. Right, after the injury. So at this point, yeah, he's looking at Krauss funny. And then, you know, Scotty comes in years later. He's looking at Krauss funny. That's why I'm wondering – why between you know 90 to let's just say 94 ish you know like how Krauss was able to keep a job outside of winning championships like he's damaging that's the product really what the only thing that saved his his job is just winning championships uh, because between I think that and being you know so good friends with uh the owner I think today that would have that wouldn't have happened. No, no, no. Today he would have been like the first sign of trouble with your yeah. star players. Oh, he would have been done. He would have been gone. And I can't wait for you to hear some of the stuff that he says. You haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait for you to hear some oh, of the, and, and the crap. And once again, as I get to it, you know, a lot of the oh, stuff God. that's going to be said, like, yeah, I remember hearing this. Because like the media uh, was all over this. The second yeah. episode only touches the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, he said a lot of crap, and I mean, I don't know how he wasn't let go. Like in nineties, I, I, I just feel like he—they could have won ten championships without him. I will agree. Um, I think they would have won at least eight or nine. Um, I yeah. feel like he probably would be let go after maybe the first championship, maybe halfway towards the second. Yeah, I, I just think that if they wouldn't have kept him, oh, they would have brought in life. another GM. Like they would have been, there wouldn't have been a lockout in '99. Right, it would have been fine. Everything would have been, been fine. fine. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, the one thing, the only other thing that I, I saw and I did want to get your take on is sure. when Scotty was out with the. Uh, surgery and he opted not to come back and then you know he went through the whole contract dispute he demands a trade mm-hmm. and says he's never gonna play with the bulls again which um, of course we know that didn't happen right for that year. right um 
play, but Jordan called him selfish. How did you did you did you hear that part? How did you yes. feel about that? Um, and I believe Jordan was thinking, and what Jordan said made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to compete for a championship, so we need you. Like we understand your plight as far as your money, but like you know, at least in based on what you know I remembered and what was shown during the documentary, of course. Um, you know, he said he basically wanted him to try to focus on that kind of stuff during the off season and not during mm-hmm. the season as to try to compete for a championship. Like things are going so well for the team, of course, you know, minus the 0 and 4 start that they had. Um, you know, see if we can work on this outside of it. Like, don't let this become a distraction during the season because now the team has to answer all these questions about your relationship with the team, your relationship with Kraus, um, you know, and our relationship as teammates. And, you know, that's more of a distraction and it doesn't really help us as a team versus, you know, you helping yourself. I, you know, I get it. You're supposed to mm-hmm. try to get yours, you know, and I'm not going to deny you for trying to get yours, but it's selfish that you're, you know, hurting the team by putting so much focus on you. Mm-hmm. That's at least my interpretation. I mean, I'm no, you know, ESPN correspondent. I, I, I'm only going based on what I remembered, and then what also the documentary say. I'm not going outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> I need to make not sure yet. I say that so people don't say no. Mm, no, no. Well, you know. Prop said this, so that's exactly what happened. Look, no, this is based on what I remembered from back then because at that time, all this talk was happening, and you could hear it from you know the horse's mouths. You keep saying the horse's mouth, I don't know why you're saying that today. You can hear it from the players' mouths. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ah, so funny about the situation. Like they're literally being asked these questions. And I feel like they just, once again, they're highlighting just one particular interview <laughs> about that. Um, but I don't blame Scotty for wanting a trade. Like, if you're not trying to take care of me, but, you know, I'm putting my, you know, life and soul into this ball club, you know, bring you championships, like, and you're not trying to take care of me afterwards, like, I'll, you know, take my ball and, you know, play for another team. Hmm. Right. You know, we would do the same thing. You know, if Doc was playing fresh new basketball for the Houston Rockets and he is the second leading scorer and the best defender, mm-hmm. and he's only getting five million a year for a let's say five year deal, so 25. Mm-hmm. So, this is using 90s turns and think like today that would probably be about 45, maybe 50. Right. Yeah, ten million a year, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you just got finished, you know, leading the Rockets to a back-to-back championship, and you're asking your GM, "Hey, you know, we just brought in two championships. That'd be a little bit more revenue for us. Like, you know, can we renegotiate this contract?" And your GM said, "Nah, fam, that ain't gonna happen. You already signed the contract. You're gonna have to live with that." Hey. Got to be petty, I guess. I mean, even though you know, 10 million, I mean, like I said, I, I think it depends. It really depends because, it, it, yeah, it would depend. You're, you just, know, you're, you're like you're like top 10 in scoring in the league, and right. you're in top five for rebounding. I mean, number one. And like defensive efficiency, you're like right. top two. Number two, uh, yeah, I would, number one, I would never sign a contract like that. Number two, I think. You know, I probably wouldn't well, go of and course, ask for Of course moment. you're not going to sign a contract like that, but we're, we're you know, using the frame of Scotty's contract. You know, like if you actually had to sign that contract, you know, you're young, you know, you came from, you know, the Humble type beginnings. of upbringing as Scotty. Humble beginnings, yes. Yes. Like you're not sitting there saying, well, you know, I want $100,000 for, you know, 10 years. Actually, that wouldn't be a... That actually would be a terrible deal by itself, actually. You should actually ask for more money if you're doing a 10-year deal. But that's besides the point. 
I mean, ultimately, if something like that happened, that's a big if. Huge. Um, I mean, what else can you do? All you can do is you have sit to do out. what you have to do for yourself. Yeah, you can hold out. You can, you know, you can do whatever you want. I mean, yep. ultimately, it just depends. Like, you know, if you're hurt, I'm hurt. You know, I mean, even if you're not injured, like if you're hurt, even if something bothers you slightly, yep. you know, it could be, you know, you, you had a hangnail and it, it just chipped a little bit too far. And, and we've seen that recently with players yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. And then they're way more likely to do that now than yep. they were before. So, I mean, yeah, there would be no toughness about me. You know, um, I would be really nonchalant. I, I probably wouldn't care about winning as much. Nope. And that's sad because obviously if I'm, top five and practically everything winning is all I do, but I'm not going to be out there putting my career on the line. Even though I signed a contract, that's Bush league. <laughs> well, I mean, at that um, time, I, like your GM should be like, I mean, we need to take care of him. Like we want this, you know, this ride to keep on going and it doesn't have to be like a super max contract. Granted, they didn't, they, that didn't even exist in the NBA back then. Right. But like but you know, really you're not going to sign like a supermax contract, but like it's going to be something a little bit more appeasing, you know, to make you on level with your with your peers. Well, at the same time, I mean, you know, from a business standpoint, if I'm a GM, I probably like, hey, listen, I got to manage this cap. I mean, if I'm paying you, you know, you signed this contract, which mm-hmm. greatly benefited me because now I'm able to, you know, bring in some other people. Yep. You know, I mean, you made a terrible mistake. Yeah. I mean, I might be able to throw in a few incentives, but he didn't do that. I mean, I don't blame him though. I mean, I can't, I can't blame him for yeah. not. And, and that's doing what makes, that. and that's what makes the situation so sticky because it's hard to choose. I mean, of course, if you're just pro player, like you're just gonna be pro player, but like if you're you know, basketball savants like myself and Doc, especially Doc, who really enjoys, you know, the GM roles of things. Yeah. And, you know, and you should definitely check out EFL. You should, actually. Or Gaming Amongst Friends, because they have some awesome stuff out there. Cheap plug. Yeah. Cheap plug, um, but very wealthy. You know, but you, we look at it from both sides. You know, yeah, as by true. analogy, it's talking more on the Jordan Pippet side of things. Like, you have to think about it from a business standpoint, like Doc is saying. Mhm, mhm, and I'm sure even Michael Jordan at that time didn't earn as much as he would have no. liked, you know. No. Um, until later on, he started, you know, as as the NBA started getting higher, obviously his pay started getting higher, and it's uh, like I think it actually started to catapult like the year after he retired. I'm sure he made a lot of money though. Plus, he well, made he a made, lot of he money made a lot more with like Nike and such, which I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, I oh I already know. (laughs) I can't wait for you to get into that story. Oh, I already know. Like I haven't seen it yet, but I already know. Yeah. Yeah. Because so based on this, it says, you know, that Jordan made uh, 97, 98, he he had the 33 million dollar contract. Yep. You know. Pippen was actually making less money than uh, Rodman, Ron Harper, Coach, and Luke Longley. Yes. Essentially, um, the starting which, five. The rest of the starting five. Yeah, which is, it's really, really rough. Um, so if I'm Kraus and it's like, hey, I can pay, which I would have thought that Rodman would have made way more money than this, but if I can pay everybody else pennies on the dollar and I can keep Michael, which I don't know if Michael ever thought about leaving you know outside of his retirement you know i think if michael would have left chicago or threatened to leave chicago they probably would have got rid of kraus i completely agree with you and that is where the cookie crumbles and speaking of crumbling folks we'll be right back with more debate amongst friends right after this
What's up, everybody? Doc here, back with another two-minute drill. Um, and every week, we like to go over things that we didn't get a chance to cover during the show. Uh, first up, we have Michael Irvin, the second son of Michael Irvin, the legendary Cowboys wide receiver, transferring from Miami to FAU. Prof? The MLB and the MLBPA has yet to come to a consensus for the new CBA uh, for the upcoming season, and it looks like we might be having a lockout. Back to you, Doc. Future Hall of Fame kicker Adam Vinatieri says he plans to return for another season, which would be his 25th at the age of 47. Prof? Uh, UFC potential legends Conor McGregor announced his retirement uh, following UFC 250. And Daniel uh, Cormier has announced that he will be retiring following his match in UFC 252. Back to you, Doc. With the plan for the NBA to return, the NBA lottery will actually be held. That's the draft lottery. will actually be held on August 25th and is slated for the draft to be held later in October. Prof? Uh, Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is now holding out for a new contract. He wants to get that <laughs> Christian McCaffrey money. Back to you, Doc. He wants that C money. Um, Daryl Morey and the Rockets have put aside the rumors. Um, they're saying that he is going to return to the Houston Rockets following this season. And finally, the NBA has announced that once the season resumes, uh, they'll be only testing for PEDs and not recreational drugs. Back to you, Doc. And that's all we have for today's show. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue our coverage. We give you more analysis, and we're going to give you more reads. Thank you for listening to Debate Books, friends. Give us a follow on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to all of our Debate Amongst Friends podcasts here on Anchor, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And like we always say, goodbye, and to all, a good night. L-E-S-G. Peace the ocean. Yay!